Hey there, welcome to Tea with Mara. Thanks for seeking out these recordings and listening. My name is George, or you may know me in the metaverse as Kiyoki from Together with Trip. These recordings are from my live sessions in virtual reality and may sometimes feature other content. For the best experience of these sessions, you can join me in virtual reality. But when you can't, or if you want to go back and listen again, these audio or video recordings will be offered freely to all. To join us in VR or for the live broadcast on our Discord server, you can find our full schedule of events by visiting trip.com events, including instructions on how to join us in VR. You can even join in 2D mode from a computer. If you wish to support my teachings and these recordings, the best way to do that is to leave a review and share this podcast with others. And if you find value in them and you want to, you can make a donation offering right through the Two Hands Sangha website or soon through the podcast itself. All links should be found in the show notes. Now let's invite the bell and begin. Oops. Before we invite that bell, I'm so excited about this replay. I've been waiting for an excuse to share this previous talk again now that the talks are easily available in this podcast format. This one is very special to me for many reasons. It's layered and meaningful for me, and I'm a huge fan of Mia Folick, and it was a special moment with my daughter being able to see her see Mia for the first time live, and lots of other wonderful reasons. I just want to say something now that I should have said the first time around, which is that all of the views and opinions and assumptions in this podcast are my own. And you know what they say happens when you assume. So if any of my assumptions or thoughts are wrong about her intentions or her life in this talk, those mistakes are mine to own. And if you take nothing else away from this talk, let it be open ears, open heart, and open mind as you seek out some of her music. You won't regret it. Now let's get into this Dharma talk from April 2023, and happy holidays. As you probably anticipated, if you keep up with me and what I'm doing at any time, you may have figured out this was coming. My mind is on the concert that I went to with my daughter on Wednesday this week. I always tell people that there's Dharma in every moment, you know, there's always Dharma around us, you know, whether you're looking for it or not. I happen to just be usually looking for it. (laughs) I'm always looking through the Dharma lens, as my teacher would say. This is why you always get talks about whatever weird thing is happening in my world at any given time or whatever thing I'm paying attention to or whatever. Because I'm looking at the world through my Dharma lens and, and seeing Dharma where sometimes we might not notice it, you know. That's really all about mindfulness, huh? Um, But this week I had one experience that realized several wishes or dreams for me. 
um, a multi-purpose life event, you could say. It was a concert that I'd been looking forward to for a long time. Uh, one of my favorite performers, Mia Folick. I'm a huge fan of hers. So I was excited to see um, that she was coming to town and I got tickets, of course. And I was excited to see her for my own benefit. But I also figured that I'd get to meet her again. I usually do. She's good about hanging out after the show. So I got to I always get to say hello to her. And, um, and, you know, I was excited about that. And I was excited because my daughter got to go for the very first time to see her in person. And I actually discovered Mia Folick through spending time with my daughter. Um, many years ago when, when she was really young, my daughter's only 16. So it's probably, she was seven or something like that. Maybe, maybe younger than that. I'm not sure. And it was my daughter's keen ear that kind of picked up on this song in a coffee shop. And we had this longstanding thing where if she heard a song she liked, we would add it to a playlist. Didn't matter what it was. My opinion wasn't a part of the (laughs) math on that. If she liked it, it went on the playlist. And we still have that today. It's got a hundred songs on it or something like that. It's great. It's a great playlist. But Mia Folick was played that day. And she was an unsigned artist being played for who knows how she got played. She didn't even know how she got played there. Um, but you know, it became a thing that both me and my daughter enjoyed. And every time I've gone to see her play, when she comes to town, I I always buy a ticket for my daughter, hoping that she'll be able to go with me. And it just hasn't ever worked out. I always end up taking a friend with me or something like that because she hasn't been able to make it. So I got to enjoy all of these things that I love this week. And I got to do it with my daughter, who also loves it. And she got to meet Mia Follick as well. And and uh, let me tell you that there were countless Dharma lessons on display that night. From the beginning of the evening all the way through the end. From greed to hatred to delusion. From fear and dread to joy and contentment. You name it. It was on display. (laughs) And I could probably easily give at least a half a dozen talks on that evening. Uh, But there's one particular thing that kind of stuck out to me and that's hung with me this week more than the others. And it's come up again since then. Mia has this song and it's one of our favorites. It is our favorite. It's called Talking with Strangers. And my daughter told me on the way down to the show how much she loves the song, but that she could only listen to it in the right mood because she said it'll make her cry sometimes if she's sad. And I thought, I thought, well, this is, you know, very insightful for her to be able to know that about it, you know, like for her to recognize that I thought was very insightful. And I told her I understood because I used to have similar feelings about the song that it was very solemn and I kind of, it was a little bit of a sad song, I thought. And that's the auditory sort of tone of the song, um, one of sadness. But when you listen to the lyrics and you, you kind of start to really think about the lyrics, um, you know, then you can maybe take it a couple of different ways. The lyrics give a couple of different examples of her sort of, or I'm assuming it was autobiographical. I don't really know, but um, the lyrics give a couple of different examples of her sort of being anxious or awkward socially. 
You know, she speaks of a girl she talks with who she only kind of knows. And she describes her sort of inner dialogue as she's talking to this semi-stranger, you know. Uh, she says half of her mind is, is, is afraid that the girl will never want to speak to her again. And the other half of her mind is afraid that she will. <laughs> so she's like equal parts afraid that the girl won't like her and that the girl will like her, you know. And a lot of us can identify with that kind of warring, <laughs> warring emotion, you know. Uh, some of our friends, you know, in our community have uh, various degrees of sort of social anxiety and things like that. So they can probably fully appreciate that. Um, maybe all of us in some way or another can fully appreciate it or appreciate it to some extent. I would say that I have, as a, as a, as a rule, I have super low levels of, so, of uh, social anxiety, not zero, but pretty low levels. I'm pretty gregarious. But I still fully recognize this feeling when she describes it because I've had it myself to some degree. And she also talks about another example where she goes to, to a friend to sort of vent and, and she gets mad at the kindness that he offers. And she sort of berates herself for not taking the kindness that he offered instead of creating a problem where there wasn't one, I guess you could say. And the chorus, I, I love the chorus of this song. Mia, by the way, was born to a, a Buddhist mother. Um, and she, but she's not really a practicing Buddhist herself. And yet I find a lot of Dharma in her lyrics. So maybe more of that got through than she thinks. <laughs> I don't know. The chorus of the song says, I am learning to love. I'm learning to let myself be loved. How did I miss this lesson when I was young? I love that. I love that, you know, I'm learning to love. I'm learning to let myself be loved. And then she repeats several times, how did I miss this lesson when I was young? So many of us missed that lesson when we were young, didn't we? And so many of us were never even taught that lesson. And we can't even be mad at our parents for not teaching us because they were never taught that lesson in many cases. I'm a bit older than some of you, and my parents were a generation older than most parents are. So, like, I always remember when I was young and would have parent-teacher night at school, my, my friends all thought that my parents were my grandparents because they were so much older than their parents. My parents were old enough to be their parents' parents. My mom, she grew up with an outhouse as a, as a bathroom and used corn cobs and catalogs for toilet paper, <laughs> if you've ever heard those stories. And she lived it. So her depression era parents damn sure didn't teach her anything about loving and being loved. They taught her survival. Now, my mom happened to be really great at teaching me love. <laughs> but I told my daughter, uh, I said, I can understand uh, her thinking that that song was so sad or sorrowful. But I told her after a while, 
you might start seeing it as hopeful. One way of looking at it, sort of the gloomy side of the bus, I guess you'd say, is that the the person in the song is sad or anxious, lamenting that it's taken her so long to learn this lesson. But the way that I hear it these days is that she's awakening. She's switching to the bright side of the bus. She's saying, hey, I'm learning this, you know. I'm learning to love, and I'm learning to let myself be loved. And I was taught this when I was young, but somehow I missed it. So, you know, I think she's saying, you know, man, I I missed this, but I'm seeing it now. So it's a very hopeful message, I think. An awakening to a new way to live a better life. And she's seeing that it's within her already. A very Buddhist view indeed. (laughs) Now, the morning after the concert, Mia posted on her Instagram reel from, uh, on her Instagram story, a reel from some guy in Portland, Oregon, where she had played recently. And um, I'll try and remember to share this post on, on the Discord later on. But this reel that she shared was a guy who was visiting Portland for a few months and And he told this beautiful story about how he had recently been reminded that almost everything good in his life had come to him because at some point he took the step, the sometimes difficult, sometimes awkward step of saying hello to a stranger. Like the song says, talking with strangers. All of these great relationships in his life, jobs, opportunities, friendships, lovers, connections, possibilities. And they all came because he broke that tiny, insanely thin little membrane between doing and not doing. That sometimes feels like a chasm that's too wide, but it's just an optical illusion. It's actually smoke and mirrors. You know, it's if we just take the step of saying hello to a stranger, The scary step of opening that door and saying hello to a stranger and listening to what they respond with, then the possibilities are endless. And your world becomes much larger. So much larger. And when I listened to this reel that she shared, I really identified with it completely because I'm the guy who is like this guy. I I always talk to strangers. The running joke in my office um, amongst us trainers who travel for work is that I have friends everywhere. Um, You know, all of us, we have this kind of unspoken rule that if a a job destination, a travel destination comes available for us, if someone has friends there or family there, then they get dibs on, on that job. And then pretty soon they started realizing that I was constantly calling dibs on, <laughs> on everywhere because I have friends everywhere. And the funny thing is that they thought I was gaming the system. You know, they thought I was pulling their legs saying I had friends there, but I really do. <laughs> I have friends everywhere. And it's because I talk with strangers I go to a foreign place, I say hi to some person standing in a coffee shop or reading a book or crocheting or, you know, whatever it is they're doing. I strike up a conversation. I say, hi, hey, 
that looks like a good book or what are you what are you making or you know whatever it is i'll just ask them a question or say hello or smile sometimes it's just a smile starts that conversation and the next thing you know i have a new friend in whatever city usa uh, and my world is very large and if i didn't talk with strangers my world would be a lot smaller and it's easy it's as easy as saying hello and then just listening which isn't always easy i know and it really is <laughs> it is and it is not easy but it is <laughs> so to bring it full circle between talking with my daughter about this song and my daughter being very shy and introverted herself and, and maybe even a bit anxious, you might say, and Mia having this song that I identify with so much, and apparently my daughter does too for slightly different reasons, then Mia sharing that reel, I just thought all of this was too much, too serendipitous to, to pass up and keep it to myself. And I loved that I got to share this whole big circular lesson with my daughter. You know, maybe it'll be beneficial to her. Maybe it'll help some of us here tonight. So this is a great lesson in life, right? That's fairly obvious. But what did the Buddha have to say about saying hello to people? It doesn't seem very obvious at first. What did he have to say about friends and friendliness and such? Well, it turns out an awful lot. <laughs> So much, in fact, that it would be pretty hard for me to narrow it down in this talk into some sort of concise lesson. We know right off the top, of course, if you hang around here much, we know that he was a big fan of surrounding yourself with wise friends and suitable companions. As you've heard me say many times, he said it was essential, not only a part of nearly every single list of solutions to every single problem that someone asked him about, one of those items would always be the wise uh, companionship of good friends and suitable companions. But also when his side man, Ananda, asked him, you know, if friends were half of the spiritual path, you've probably heard me say before, that the Buddha famously chastised them. Not so, Ananda, not so. Wise friends and suitable companions are the whole of the spiritual path. They are everything. So we know for certain that the Buddha was all about having good friends. But what did he say about making friends? Well, a lot. <laughs> but one thing he said was, that someone who is peaceable, friendly, and fearless is called wise. So part of being a wise person is also being friendly. And he said, if, as you travel, you meet none better than yourself or equal, you should steadfastly travel alone. There's no companionship with fools. So he's saying that a fool is not someone you want to be around. If they're not as good or better than you yourself, then you don't want to spend time with those fools. So he's saying um, 
you know, he's saying you don't want to waste your time on people who are basically not living a right life, you know, a wise life. Um, and he says, if you don't have good friends, he says, it's actually better to be alone if there's no good friends available. <laughs> now, good friends means wise friends and suitable companions. In other words, people who are uh, doing doing good in life, doing, and I don't mean doing well in life. I mean, uh, I mean that, of course, but I, I also mean doing good things, being good. And he's explicit about all of that. What he's uh, implicitly saying is he's saying that you have to meet people. How do you know a fool or a good friend if you don't put yourself out there and meet new people? Make new friends. Say hello and talk with strangers. Listen to them. Talk to them. Learn from them. If they are fools, then bid them farewell. Nice to meet you. Have a nice life. If they're wise, take them as a friend. Surround yourself with those people. And it's even less obvious, but he's saying that if you meet people and you talk with strangers, that you will meet good friends. Sure, he says it's better to be alone than to be surrounded by fools. And I know some people might hear that and think, oh, well, see, the Buddha says it's okay to be alone. That's not what he's saying. It is, it is, and it isn't. <laughs> he's saying that if that's your only option, then it is okay to be alone. It's better to be alone than to be with fools. But do you think for a second that the Buddha thought that you'd be the only person out there as good or better than you? <laughs> He knows you're going to meet wise friends and suitable companions if you try. And that's the whole point, to try. Now, what's even less obvious than that even less obvious point is that he's also saying that you're your own best and first friend. And you have to meet yourself and say hello. <laughs> you have to talk with your own stranger, yourself. meaning reflect and practice meditation, and you have to befriend yourself. And when you do that, it's easier to do it out there. When you are friendly to yourself and you're friends with yourself, it's easier to do it with people out there. Now, I could literally go on and on and on about this one, but I'm going to end it with... Uh, the lesson from the young man that Mia shared his reel. See, she shared that video, I assume, because he was talking about how talking with strangers, the act, not her song, is the key to everything good in life. He wraps up this video, which again, I'll, I'll share in the discord later, but he wraps up his viewed his video very beautifully by saying, you know, there are so many serendipities in this life that only appeared when I called for them. When I sent my voice down the hall, up the stairs, across the street of fate that has left us all here together with nothing to do except look each other in the eyes and take one earbud out. 
There isn't a single sweet nothing I have savored in this life that hasn't been connected to the leap of faith that's inside of saying hello. And he goes on a bit more and he says, my life is a beautiful museum of all these strangers that I have ever said hello to. And I was that line, when I heard that line, I was like, okay, that's what I want to talk about. So we're going to meditate a little bit now. Find yourself whatever uh, comfortable posture you'd like to be in. And relax. Sometimes I think when people think they're about to start meditating, it's almost like they constrict themselves into a posture. You should relax yourself into a posture. It's the opposite. I think it feels like sometimes when we say get yourself into a posture, we mean draw yourself up into a posture. And maybe that's what you need to do, but it's okay if it's not. It's okay to relax, settle in, put your body into uh, a friendly posture. Think of it that way, since we're talking about friendliness tonight. Metta, or we usually hear it called loving kindness, is also called kind friendliness, which I prefer to loving kindness, actually. But kind friendliness. Be kind and friendly to your body so that your body is kind and friendly to you during this meditation. Arrange your posture, either reclining or seated or standing or even walking, if that was safe for you to do in this environment. And assume that friendly posture. And in keeping with the theme, I suppose, say hello to your body. Not just your mind, but your body. Say hello to each part of your body as you relax it. Hello to the tension in the face and relax the face. When the Buddha encountered Mara, the demon god, which was a metaphor for his mind, he'd say, Hey, Mara, I see you. He wouldn't even just say hi. He'd say, I see you. And it's sort of a modern thing that we hear that and we hear it as saying, I see you, Mara, kind of teasing or scolding. I think the Buddha was just greeting him and saying, I see you. Like you are seen. Greeting him. And in his later life, he greeted him as a friend. Greet the tension in your body and the tightness in your body and the pain and the 
the good parts and the neutral parts you don't even notice. Greet it all. I see you, back muscles. I see you, tight jaw. Drop the jaw just a little bit and say, oh, I see you, relaxed jaw. I see you, out breath. Hello. Hello, relaxed posture. Content posture, hello. Hello, monkey mind thinking of every song that has the word hello in it. I see you. Just breathing in. Breathing out. Greeting each moment, befriending each moment as it is, whatever it is, good, bad, right, wrong, wise, unwise, skillful, unskillful, whatever phrases or words you want to use, it doesn't really matter, whatever it is, hello. I see you. I welcome you. My friend, the enemy. <laughs> Someone famously said once. And you can do this practice of befriending your experience in every moment over and over and over again. But right now I'm going to end the meditation so that we can have some time to share and see how this landed for people. Thank you all for listening and for meditating together here. I'm going to say goodbye to our Discord friends. Thank you for being out there.
You're still here? It's over. Go practice. Go. Chickala.